0: what's up everybody how's everybody doing today good man I know you guys are excited to be here and uh man before it gets you crazy I want to give a special shout out all of you at watch parties I want to say hello to you I'm so glad that you're with us today and uh man I hope some of you got new folks coming glorious I know that people have been checking in and then right here both on the stage in the room is uh man our hyped audience that's ready for the word today can I get an amen everybody so uh yeah 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 these are uh these are very special people. Here's a deal: you can be a special person too if you want to. Uh, if you want to attend uh, one of the recordings here at TC, you can show up. It's very easy. Go to our website and click on About and click on Events. You can join us for this. How many guys are ready for a good word today? Huh? I can't promise you it's going to be great, but I can promise you it's going to be something. All right. How many guys has last week's facts or feelings message already got you a couple times? Right? Because we're all guilty of listening to our feelings when we really have to tune into our facts, aren't we? Like we all fall into that category where we hear more of us than we're listening to the truth of who God is, right? And so today we want to pick up on this idea of discovering who you are. So I want you to do me a favor. I want you to say the word, say identity. All right, you can do better than that. All of you watch party, say identity. identity. Everybody look at the one in the room that didn't say it because I know you're looking at him right now. Say identity. Very good. Identity. Because today I want to talk to you about identity. It's very hard to weigh facts against feelings when you don't know who you are. And today I want to talk about that. So we're going to go to Genesis 1:27. Jump in there with me. And this is a story. If you've been in church long, you've heard this before. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God he created created them, it says. Male and female, he created them. And I want you to say, in his own image. In his own image, he created them. That means that you, if you are breathing air right now, you are an image bearer of the most high God. Now, sometimes we don't let that sink in well enough because we have lost track of the identity that God has given us in creation, that when he put breath in your lungs, when he brought you to life, when the miracle of life happened for you, it wasn't a mistake, it wasn't an accident, that God said, let there be life, and you started breathing. And we have to understand that. And then what happens after that, many of us know the story, right? Eve uh, takes the fruit. She eats of the fruit, right? And, 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 but before that, in Genesis 3, verses 1 through 5, we see the serpent comes on the scene, and he does something very strategically. See, God says, listen, Adam, Eve, you can have the whole garden. You just can't eat this one tree. And what happens? They go after the one tree. In verses uh, 1 through 5 of Genesis 3, He comes to Eve and he says, did God really say that you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, you may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. But God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. You must not eat from this tree. If you touch it, you will die. Now, that sounds pretty clear, doesn't it? Look at your neighbor, shake your head yes. Like, that sounds pretty clear. I don't think we have any mistakes right here. Like, we have an understanding of that. And here's what I want you to grab a hold of. Listen to me. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. You see, the goal from the beginning has been to cause you to forget who you are. And if he can cause you to be constantly searching for who you are, you'll constantly be distracted from who God is. You see, the enemy's goal from the beginning has been to get our eyes off of the Lord and get it on anything else. And so from the beginning, Satan comes on the scene with the serpent and he says, listen, he didn't say you would surely die. He doesn't want you to be like him. He doesn't want you to know that the enemy from the beginning caused us, caused mankind, caused humans to put their eyes on themselves and away from God. And the problem is from that moment until now, the search has continued for us to try to figure out who we are without God. And so today I want to talk to you about discovering who you are. When I was younger, my dad was a pastor. We just moved to a new church and and everybody didn't know who I was yet. And uh, I'll never forget uh, this, uh, this guy named Darius. who was a teenager. I was probably seven at the time. I was running through the hallway. and this, this guy named Darius, who's probably, I don't know, maybe 12 or 13 years old, snatches me up. And uh, he, was, he was messing with me. He was like, hey, listen, I don't remember what he was asking for. He was asking for something. And I was like, man, get your hands off of me. You know what I mean? At seven, that's what I was saying. At seven, right? I said, like, man, let me go. And uh, he's like, oh, no, 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 you're going to listen to me. And just about that time, my friend Carl was walking by. And uh, Carl was walking past me. And uh, I said, Carl, tell this boy who I am. And he was like, Carl was like, hey, man, uh. That's Pastor Brad's son. And Darius is like, oh, my bad, man. He straightened my shirt. He helped out. He fixed my jacket. He said, my bad. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't mean to. And here's, here's what I want you to understand. As I realized who I was, there was power in who I belonged to. Now, come on. I'm going to need some help today because I feel like preaching a little bit. And so if everyone's going to be quiet, then I'm going to be quiet. right? Like, as long as I knew who I was, I knew the power that rested in who I was. And some of us can't figure out why the enemy keeps eating our lunch, but we keep surrendering our identity of who we belong to, to the world. We keep surrendering it. We don't realize there's power in who we belong to. And ever since the beginning of the time, the enemy has been trying to remind or convince or help us be more distracted by not knowing who we actually are. And as long as we don't know who we are, we don't know who we belong to. And if we don't know who we belong to, we're not connected to the power source that helps us overcome. And so we lose track of the facts and we fall into our feelings when we get caught up on not knowing who we are. As humans, I want you to write this down. As humans, we seek validation. As humans, we seek validation. And the lack of validation leads us to overcompensation. Any of y'all know some friends that just try to overdo it all the time to try to impress the people around them? Because we don't have validation, because there's nothing in us telling us who we are, then we overvalidate. We look for an overvalidation. We or we overcompensate. I'm sorry, because we're looking for validation, we don't find it, so we try to overcompensate. So what happens? We try to become the best at our job. We try to become the best in our career. We try to be the best we can, and so we overcompensate and we try to get caught up doing and doing and doing, and we're so caught up doing that we never realize we haven't got a chance to start being, and so. Overcompensation leads to a lack of or drives us to start seeking out affirmation. And what happens is you, I, all of us, start looking for the approval of people that don't have the power to give you identity. We start looking for the approval of the people that don't have the power to give you identity. So we look for it in a relationship. We look for it in a parent figure. We look for it in a job. We look for it in a boss. We'll do things for someone we're not yet married to to try to get the affirmation because we're trying to overcompensate for a validation we never received. And so what happens is we go through that and all of this comes from a lack of identification. We don't know who we are. So we'll do whatever we can do to try to please other people that'll help them try to figure out who we are. And the reality is we have to realize that your identity Matters. Say my identity matters. You see, what happens is when we fall into this place, we run face first when we don't know who we are. When we don't have our identity, we run face first into the trap of comparison, don't we? Like, we run straight, straight face first into trying to please other people and trying to look at what other people have. And if I can get to where other people are, if I can obtain what other people have, then I'll feel better. I'll feel worthy. I'll feel accomplished. I, what I need to do is I need to get to where other people are at. I need to obtain what other people have. How come they have this and I don't have this? And we start to compare ourselves. And what we don't realize is comparison is the thief of joy. Why don't I have joy? But all I'm doing is trying to catch, uh, catch up or keep up with the Joneses. How come I don't have joy, but I'm constantly comparing my marriage to somebody else's marriage? Uh, how come I don't have joy, but I'm constantly following other people on Instagram and wishing I had their lifestyle, wishing I have their money, wishing I had their everything that they have? What you don't have is their problems. What you don't have is their insecurities. What you're doing is comparing your behind the scenes to their highlight reel, thinking that they got something special, not realizing that they're just as broken as you are. The reality is when we fall into our identity and we know who we are, nothing can take that away away from us. And so we jump in head first, but you're never discovering the fulfillment of your own identity when you're always envious of somebody else's. You'll never enjoy the fulfillment of your identity when you're always envious of someone else's. Man, if I was just raised like so-and-so, if I just had the benefits of being so-and-so's child, I wish I was raised like this person. If I, if, I had this, if, if I had this person's money, if I had this person's, no, 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 listen. You compare it and you'll lose it. And what God wants us to realize is that our identity matters. Why is identity so important? When we don't know who we are, all we can see is who we're not. When we don't know who we are, all we can see is who we're not. Has anybody ever looked at other people around the world? Ever looked at someone on Instagram, been like, "Man, I just, I just wish I could have. I just wish I was like. I just wish I had access to. I just wish I was raised with. I just wish I had that kind of income. I just wish I had these kind of benefits. I just wish." Right? What happens is when we don't know who we are, we lose track of our identity, and we start realizing who we're not. But I want you to grab a hold of this, and I want to lean into this for a second. If God wanted another one of them, he would have created another one of them. You see, we keep chasing after the thing. like, man, if I could just be like so-and-so, if I could just have what they have, if I could just be where they are. Listen, if God wanted you to be there, he'd put you there. If God wanted you to have that, he'd give it to you. If he wanted you to have that job, he would provide that job. If he wanted you to have that income, he would give you that income. Hear me today that the reality is you are already the best you. You are already the you that God wanted you to be. You are already in the place that God wanted you to be in. He has already set out, put the plan in motion for a life that he wants you to live. And as long as you're caught up with the life that you don't have, you'll never see the calling that you do have. We keep chasing other people's lives. We keep chasing their income. I just wish I had that car. Man, if I, could, if I could get this car and I could have this house, then I'll feel like I arrived. If I could just be in this place. And the reality is God never called you to have something he hasn't given you yet. And the reality is also this, that our purpose is rooted in contentment with where we are. Where you currently are doesn't define who you currently are. And we keep putting identification value on our place rather than realizing that God wants to show us where he wants to take us. You're already the best you. You're the only you. You're the you that God wanted. Say, I'm the me God wanted. Now, I know that sounds cheesy, but I want you to buy into that for a second. I'm the me. Go and let's say it with me. I'm the me God wanted. Listen, he didn't want a different version of you. A, a you that is in pursuit after God is what he's looking for. Some of us are wishing that we had a different calling, but listen to me. Romans eleven twenty nine 29 says, for the calling of God is without repentance. Some translations say that it can never be withdrawn. That means what God is doing in your life, he wants to do it in your life. Stop wishing you had somebody else's life because God has put a destiny and a purpose to release in your life. So pursue what God wants to do in you, not what God wants to do in someone else. I remember hearing my dad talk about being in the financial services. He he worked in the financial services, setting up people's retirements and all those things. And, And I remember him telling me all the time, he said, you won't believe how many millionaires I know that are miserable. Because they've put all of their value in what they have. But I'm here to tell you today that there's something more valuable. The only you with the particular gifts that God has given you. You're the only you needed for the journey that you're on. You're the only you to go where you are currently at. And you've never, or I'm sorry, you're never beyond the scope of God's love and care for you. Psalms uh, 139, seven through eight says, where can I go to escape your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, you are there. Listen to me today. I want to make sure that you understand this. You are exactly who God made you to be. And there's nothing anybody can do to take away from that. There's nothing that your parents can say to add to that or take away from that. Hear me today. You are the you that God created for right now. And you have to buy into the fact that God made you with a purpose, with a calling, with an identity, with a thumbprint that is only your own. And as long as you are taking this life God gave you and pursuing him with it, he can do miraculous things. And so we buy into the identity, identity but when we don't identify with our belonging, then we identify with our brokenness. If we don't identify with our belonging, we have no choice but to identify with our brokenness. I want you to understand something today. I said this on a Facebook live the other day, but I want you to hear me. What you went through, some of you need to hear this. What you went through is not who you are. Some of you have identified yourself with your struggle, not your survival. You have bought into the lie that the enemy has tried to create. that The only version of you that exists is the broken version of you that went through what you went through hear me today, you are not what you went through. You are who you are. You are who God created you to be. The brokenness you see because of your journey is not what others see when they look at you. It's only what you see when you look at you. I'm going to say that again. The brokenness that you see. See, some of you look in the mirror and you hate what you see because of what you went through. Some of you look in the mirror and you hate what God made you to be. Some of you look in the mirror and you hate the creation that God brought. You hate the very person that you see on the other side of that glass because you hate the brokenness that it represents. And I'm here to tell you today that everybody else doesn't see that brokenness when you are. It's only you that sees that brokenness when you look at you. But what if we could change that? What if we could change what we saw when we looked in the mirror? So, Anthony, my man here has a mirror, and I, w- I want you to kind of grab a hold of this for a second. He's going to help me, and, and what happens is God gives us the reflection that we look at ourselves in, right? And so we look at ourselves in the reflection and I see me, I see what God created. I see how he created it, right? And so uh, when we come on the scene, it's the person that God made. It's the person that Jesus died for. Like I see everything that is happening right here. And then what happens is as I look around, even as I look around in this audience, as I look at some of you right now that's watching online, as as I look around, we interact with each other in real life. So when I see Brett, when I see Leah, when I see others that are in the room, whenever I see you guys, I'm looking at you and we have a relationship. We build community and we do that in real life. And so what happens is I look at me and I see me, but I look at others and I see others. And because of that, we get to build community in Christ. Amen. So you guys with me? So we get to interact that way, but somewhere along the way, Somewhere on this journey, you went from a mirror where you can see who God created to a broken mirror that is shattered. Somewhere along the way, it went from wholeness and healing. It went from the person that God created and something threw a rock at your, at your mirror. Maybe it was a loss of a loved one. Maybe it was a divorce. Maybe it was a struggle. Maybe it was abuse. Maybe it was parents that told you you would never be anything. Maybe it's someone that you gave your whole heart to, but they stole it. They stomped on it. They crushed it and they left you for dead, whether it be emotionally or physically. Maybe you're in that place. And I'm here to tell you that some of us have come to this place where we knew what it looked like to have a whole mirror but now we have a broken one and every time we interact with people we're interacting with them not through the view of a whole mirror but through the view of a broken one and this is how we see ourselves and as I look through this mirror I see the brokenness I see the cracks in it I see I see what it is to have a broken face I see what it is to have cracks in the process and I hate what I see Because all I can see is the brokenness and all I can do is be mad about who I used to be. And so we identify in our brokenness because we haven't learned to identify in our belonging. But here's what I want you to understand is that some of that brokenness, then it doesn't just show up here. We were built to have relationships this way. But what happens is even the relationships I start to have, I don't see you. I start seeing you through the reflection of my brokenness. I stop seeing the person and I start seeing the broken version of that person. And it's not your fault. It's not your problem. The relationships haven't done anything. When broken people come into relationships, they're viewing through the brokenness in their life, looking back at what could be a great relationship, but they can't get past the brokenness. And so we walk around our life looking through brokenness. And even the relationships that we're supposed to have, we're looking into the mirror of brokenness trying to figure out and we can't understand why every relationship we have Every time we enter into a marriage, for those of you that have been married multiple times, every time you enter into a relationship with a friend or you try to go into a small group, you try to join a team, and it feels like it keeps falling apart because you keep telling you that no one else wants you there. Anybody ever had that self-talk? You're not good enough. No one wants you here. You'll never be good enough. No one is looking at you. No one cares what you think. No one's welcoming you. No one loves you. You want to know what that is? That's broken mirror talk telling you that everything that happened behind you is going to keep breaking what's in front of you. And we haven't learned that the brokenness that we keep seeing life through is not letting us belong to the journey that God wants to take us through. And so we allow this brokenness. That brokenness shows up in our relationship. We're not able to see all of who God is or what our friends are doing. We can only see the small imperfections in the world around us because everything we look at, the world around us, we look at through a broken mirror. And whatever broke you continues to be the lens that you're seeing the world through. It continues to be the mirror that won't let you be whole. And some of us can't figure out why the struggle is so deep and it's so hard. Every relationship I get into, Brad, it falls apart. Because you're letting the brokenness of what so-and-so did to you ruin the relationship that you're in today. I can't figure out why every time I try to build a relationship with my father or my family or whatever, it just keeps falling apart because every time you go to look at them, you're not looking at the whole version of them. You're looking through your broken mirror at them. And hear me today. For some of them, they're the ones that broke it. But it's still up to you to make it whole. You see, when you understand who you are, it changes where you're at with your mirror. So we try to make it better even. So uh, sometimes we'll put tape across it. We'll try to fix our broken mirror. We'll just lay a piece of tape across it. Okay, everything's better now. Went to counseling one time. I feel better. You didn't fix the brokenness. You covered up the fact that you still don't know who you are. I'm not against counseling, by the way. I say whatever helps you get mentally healthy, go for it. What I'm saying is if you don't solve the identity problem, then you never fix the belonging problem. And we have to come to grips with that. And so I want you to understand that God can cause you to start looking at what actually exists rather than a reflection of what exists through your brokenness. But here's what I want you to grab a hold of, and some of you need to lean into this for a second. You've got to want to let go of the brokenness. Hear me. Some of you would rather stay with the familiar of brokenness than pursue the unfamiliar of belonging. I know how to live like this, so I'd rather stay here than go into the unfamiliar world I don't know what God's gonna do with me. I don't know how he's gonna love me. I don't know how he would bring someone into my life that could treat me better. I don't know how that's possible. I'll stick with my brokenness and I'll leave the belonging if I know what comfortable feels like. I'll stay comfortable and broken if it means I don't have to pursue into something that I don't know what it's gonna feel like. But I'm here to tell you today that God says that you are the head and not the tail. I'm here to tell you today that God says he is already bringing you victory over this brokenness. I'm here to tell you today that he's ready to give you a fresh start. Second Corinthians 5, 17 says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. The old has passed away and behold, all things have become new. That your brokenness doesn't have to define you. Your brokenness doesn't have to be your identity. That God is here. Hear me today. God is here to give you an identity. And I know sometimes you may not I know sometimes you may feel that you're still broken, that what you went through a year ago or 10 years ago is who you are. But I'm here to tell you today that the fact says that he created you in your mother's womb, that he's had a purpose for you since the day you took your first breath. And nothing in this world has got God off guard. But I'm here to tell you that he'll use the evil things. He'll use the wicked things. And just like Joseph said, he'll use the things of this world. What you meant for evil, God meant for good that he'll take you from where you are and he'll bring you to a place where he not only helps you with your brokenness, he not only overcomes your brokenness, but he even gives your brokenness a place to belong. He'll take your testimony of who you never were and help people who never will be realize who they're supposed to be in God. We come to an end. Your life may have broke you. But I'm here to tell you that Jesus can make you brand new. I'm here to tell you today that your mirror might be broken. But we have to look. stop looking at the world through our brokenness. We have to start looking at the world through a fresh set of eyes. And what that does is then our brokenness leads us into a place of aiming for accomplishment. If I can get people to see what I can do, they'll stop looking at who I am. If I can earn enough money, right? If I can buy a big enough house, if I can get the career, if I can marry the right man, right ladies? Just need me the right man. As if you can, if you can marry a girl hot enough, if you can, if you can get the accomplishment, people will look at the accomplishment and they won't look at the brokenness. If they look at what I can do, if they look at what I can obtain, if they look at what I can acquire, they won't see the broken mirror. But I'm here to tell you today that even the things that you can acquire, if looked at through the broken mirror of life will still never be enough. Because here's what happens with our broken mirror. We have this brokenness. But is this mirror the same size as that mirror? Is this mirror the same size as that mirror? Help me out. No. Right? Listen to me. The enemy might have broke part of you, but he didn't break all of you. He might have shattered a portion of your life. Your ex or your parents or your father who never loved you correctly might have broken a portion of your life, but they didn't break all of your life. And we've convinced ourselves to start looking at the world through the smallness of our damage, not the bigness of our God. We stopped looking at how amazing our God is and we started looking at how drastic our damage is. But I'm here to tell you today that your true identity is not found in who you are. It's not found in what you can do. It's found in whose you are. It's not found in who you are by your own might, by your own capabilities. It's not found in what you do, the acquiring, the the things that you can capture. That fine man, ladies, it's not where it's at. That hot wife, fellas, it's not where it's at. The job that pays me so much, is not where it's at. The career that I've always wanted, it's not where it's at. It's not in who you are. It's not in what you do. Your identity is found in whose you are. It's found in who you belong to. I'm just this way, I have this issue. I'll never be different. This struggle will never go away. But if you start dealing with the who of your life, it will fix the what's of your life that are wrong. Come on, grab a hold of this. We're almost done. If you'll deal with the who of your life, if you'll fix the who, if you'll take care of the who. See, too many of us are running around trying to fix the what's wrong with us. I just need to get this six pack. Listen, I've been working on mine for a solid 33 years. Right? Right? If I could just get that beach body, summer's almost over. So we're going to have to roll it into next year. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Pizza in December, you know, if I could just, once I get that, once I get that promotion, if I could just, once we get there, I'm going to tell you today, if I could, if I could just overcome this porn problem, if I could just get a grip on this anger, If I could just get a hold of this struggle that I'm dealing with, then I'll be good then I can come to God and then then, then I can discover who I am. No, 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 no. Listen to me. You come to God and you discover who you are because you find out who you are. And as we come to the Lord, he builds up in us this new creation. And that new creation pulls away from the struggle. Hear me today. That in your identity, in who you are, in who God is making you to be, you lean into that and you develop that person. You develop the new creation. You develop the who and not the what. You start looking at who God is making you and hear me today who God is making you overcomes the what's that you're struggling with identity overcomes the problem you don't fix the problem trying to find your identity but God has come to make you whole God is changing identities the more you become the new person, the more you declare the new person, the more you feed the new person, the more you develop the new person, the more you understand the new person, the more you give to the new person, the more you're becoming the new person, the more you're in tune with the creator who made the new person. And so we come to God. Galatians 2.20 says this, it says I have been crucified with Christ And it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. It says, in the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Listen to me today. For too many of us, we can't become who we are. We can't discover who we are because we're approaching Our identity in God backwards. We put it to you like this, for too many of us, we're trying to live our life, deal with our struggles, and come to God to just fix the mess ups. But when we understand that our identity is rooted in God, we come to grip with this reality that you're not an earthly bearing, uh, you're not an earthly being having a spiritual experience. You're a spiritual being having an earthly one. You're not just a human and we're trickling in some spirituality on top. That's not what's happening here. You are created by God for an eternal purpose. And while you're here, you're having the earthly emotions and frustrations and damages and brokenness. But hear me today, if God made you as a spiritual being first, that's having an earthly experience, that means he can solve and fix and redevelop and renew and renovate the spiritual aspects of your life that then can lead you and guide you and make you whole. Philippians 3.20 says this, but we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our savior. Billy Graham puts it this way, this world is not our home. Our citizenship is in heaven. John 1.12 says this, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right, hear me today, to become children of God. It's right there in the Bible. Who are you? Who are you? Because that's the question we're talking about today, right? Who are you? Who is Dawn? Who is Katie? Who are you? Hear me today. You're a child of God. You're a child of the creator of the universe. And today, I want you to understand something. You belong to him. When you don't feel like it, you still belong to him. When you don't feel like he's the father in heaven waiting for you, you still belong to him when you don't even understand what father, what a father really should be like, I'm going to tell you that he's better than anything you can imagine, and you belong to him. Don't lean into your feelings that tell you you're too broken. Don't lean into your feelings that tell you you're not enough. Don't lean into your feelings that says that the world around you is out, and it's ready to hurt you, and it's going to destroy you, and you'll never be able to do anything about it. Don't lean into your feelings that says that you're inadequate. Don't lean into your feelings that says you need more validation. Don't lean into your feelings that says you're going to overcompensate so that people will love you. Don't lean into your feelings that says you need affirmation from anybody in this world around you I'm here to tell you today lean into the fact that your identification comes from God and God alone you are his when you put your life in Jesus' hands you are his we are children of the most high God and today we belong to him let's pray guys father we thank you that you have led us that you keep us that you hold us God, I pray right now, Father, that we would realize that you are bigger than anything we face in this world. Some of you are watching right now and you have continued to tell God how big your problem is. And I'm here to tell you today that it's time you start telling your problem how big your God is. So Father, I pray for every single person that is watching this right now, who God, brokenness has dictated the pathway of their life. That every relationship that they've had, Father, has been viewed through the brokenness of a mirror and not through the reality of the eyes that you gave them. God, let us find wholeness in you. In Jesus' name, if you're still watching today, if you're with us, and you need Jesus in your life. The fixed mirror, the life of calling, that's found in Jesus today. We're children of God because we put our faith in Jesus. And today, if you want Jesus to give you a fresh start, a new beginning, you're ready for that clean slate, your sins to be washed away and to follow Jesus today. Here's what we're gonna do today if you want to know him. Today, if you want Jesus to take control and you're ready to follow him with your whole heart, I want to invite you to repeat this prayer after me. And this prayer doesn't make you safe. This prayer is putting words to the actions of your heart that says, Jesus, I'm believing in you, that you're going to pay for my sins and I'm going to give you my life. I'm going to follow you. And so let's pray this together. And everyone's going to pray with you. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my wrongs. Make me whole. I believe in you. I believe you died for me. So I give you my life. Make me brand new. Give me a fresh start. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.